Episode number 11. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. Over 10 episodes. Can you believe it? Do you like the podcast so far? I'm still here, so. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get fired yet. We haven't, we haven't shut it down. Yeah, we're doing all right. We're on episode 11. We're doing all right so far, I guess. Giving the people what they want. Yes. It's going well. Yeah, school's out. School's yeah, out. Yeah, I just got, done my la- just got done my last exam here about an hour ago now. That's exciting. Didn't think I'd make it this far. Thanks, everybody who stood behind me along the way. People ask me what you take in school, and I tell them business. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. The technical term is a Bachelor of Commerce with a major in marketing. Okay, cool. You're halfway to being a bit of man. Halfway? Yeah. Halfway. Halfway. Can't okay, talk. cool. Yeah. And you, what's been going on in Ted's world? I guess the last week we did the podcast, it went on on April 11th, and we had uh, we were working Aggie Days that week. So we had five days in a row of Aggie Days, pretty good time. Always love Aggie Days. Then last week I went to Billings, Montana with uh, Brock Radford and Lonnie West, jumped in the Those truck. Wildcats. Went rodeoing just like old times. It was quite the uh, quite the trip. That'd be fun, eh? First it was good. Little road rodeo road trip in a while. We had a good time. It was good, and those guys did uh, did well. They both rode one of their three bulls. Perfect. Both made the short round. Dakota Butter made the short round too. They did really good. That's a good Canadian contingent. And that was Lonnie's first time there, actually. Mm-hmm. First yeah, time that's on what the they top were saying. Level. That's freaking sweet. It was really cool. That's awesome, man. So, how, a good event overall. What did yeah. what did you make of the sixty man long round first go format? It was a little rough on the the lower end guys. Like, not gonna lie, but they went down to like ninetieth in the standings. Right. It's like on Saturday night, it's a big full house. There's like nine thousand people at that arena, and they rode like five bulls the entire night, including the fifteen fifteen. That's tough. Thirty five outs, and they had five rides, so that was kind of rough. Like, wasn't ideal. But cool to see those new guys on the, get a shot, right? Like, it was cool to see Lonnie because he wouldn't have got in otherwise. No. And he capitalized and moved up like 15 spots not, in the world standings. Not many of the other like lower-end guys did capitalize. Hey? Like, I don't think anybody else did. No one else that got in that way did really capitalize. So it, it worked out even, for Lonnie. So we'll take it for Lonnie. Yeah, that's freaking sweet. Actually, another guy that worked out for was Allison Souza, another Brazilian guy. He did well in Billings, and he did well in Des Moines on Saturday. So he rode in Billings Friday, went all the way to Des Moines. It's like a 16-hour drive. Then came all the way back to Billings and then made the short round and rode another bowl. So wow, good for he's him. like top 45 in the world now. Like he's... Uh, he all, he made a big move. It was a pretty. I guess good, when you, uh, if you want it that bad, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, true. Hmm, interesting. Another funny thing: we get back to High River. I left my car at the No Frills, and uh, it's like one thirty in the morning. And there's these lights on in this car in the parking lot. And Brock's like, "Oh yeah, somebody looks like somebody's coming to meet you, Ted." And I'm like, uh, "That's that's kind of weird." <laughs> and then I like I had just moved my keys around, and we pull up this car, and it's my car with the lights on. And I'm like, "Did I like push a button and like unlock it or something?" And then. We like get out of the truck. We go to look at my car and it's like, and I'm like, I think my fucking car was on the entire time we were gone. Like, like running. <laughs> well, because it's like the hybrid, right? So right, I, yeah. I, like I can't tell when it's off or on sometimes. <laughs> and I don't know. No way. I don't, I don't know. Because I get in and it looks like it's empty. I'm pretty sure that I turned it <laughs> off before I got out. But like it was sitting running in the No Frills parking lot oh, in High River for... So- three days literally oh. like thursday from 7 p.m to sunday at like 1 a.m that's pretty good and it was right? running the entire time and it still had fuel great fuel mileage <laughs> it had still had fuel in it <laughs> enough to get to the so and fill it back up but uh yeah so today though on the show we got bobby moat talking uh world champions rodeo alliance tells us about what's going on they got an event coming up on may 4th in las vegas may the 4th be with you yes with uh and that they're gonna have a uh rodeo industry summit there it's gonna be there's really cool stuff getting together on that right now. And also the event is going to be on Saturday and Sunday in, in the Thomas and Mack Center in conjunction with the PBR's Iron Cowboy. Friday night, Saturday night is the PBR. Saturday and Sunday afternoon is the WCRA showdown. It'll be a good one. So Bobby Moat gives us all the details. 
That's coming up next on episode 11 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. Episode number 10, this is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. We're talking to four-time PRCA world champion bareback rider. He made the NFR 15 times in a row, and he's the president of the World Champions Rodeo Alliance. This is Bobby Moat. I've been talking with Scott Davis and a, and a few of the folks involved with the WCRA and what the, uh, what the plan is for, the, uh, for, for your new organization. Uh, why don't you give us the, the lowdown here right off the bat? What, what are you guys? What's your plan? Let's, let's hear what's going on. Well, uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm really excited about, about what, what we've been working on. We've been quietly working behind the scenes with, uh, with a lot of folks who have a, really have a heart to make rodeo better. And uh, we, we believe that rodeo is a great sport. We'd like to see it grow and flourish. And so we think that the model that's in place right now is, is good, but we also think that there's some things that we could build on. You know, there, there are some issues that I think that in rodeo has just become tradition and uh, maybe could, could be better. But there's things like, for instance, with a rodeo season, it doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's the PC, PRCA, CPRA, or your local you know, rodeo, you know, your regional rodeo association, there's one entry point in the, into the season. You know, it, the, the season starts and it goes all the way through the year and then there's a final. And so if you're a guy who got hurt, say in the winter and you weren't able to go to the winter rodeos or you got broke, you know, partway through the summer, or if you're a timed event, you know, athlete and your horse is hurt or not working good, or you just kind of hit a hot streak, you know, at the right time, if if you miss a, a segment of the season, your hopes for a for a finals or a big payoff are are pretty much dashed. And so one thing that we wanted to address was that issue. And I feel like we've got a really good solution to that. Now, some of the things that we've worked on, I'm not going to be able to to lay out for you completely today because uh, they're part of the uh, industry summit that will take place in Las Vegas on May 4th. Sean Gleason, the CEO of the PBR, is heading that up, and uh, we should have quite an audience there of, of rodeo committees and producers and athletes, stock contractors, and, and uh, we hope to lay out you know our plans in detail. But um, for for athletes, you know what it means is it, it means that they're going to have the opportunity to run at six million dollars in prize money this coming year that that wasn't available before, and our system won't it won't necessarily require them to go way out of their way to do it. And so I think that's got to be pretty much pretty welcome news for those folks that are listening in Canada, especially in Canada and anywhere in anywhere in the rodeo world, really, right? Like you're gonna, mm-hmm. you guys are gonna start in Las Vegas, and um, I guess we'll start with that. Let's what are what are the qualifications in order to come and compete at a WCRA event? We are points-based, and we have a proprietary system that will allow us to keep track of your qualifications. How that all takes place is part of the substance of the May 4th announcement, But um, and so I can't necessarily go into detail on that, but it's not going to require you to go way out of your way to, you know, add more events to your calendar. You know, one, one thing that I learned being a rodeo athlete for over 20 years was there's thousands of events that go on through the year, but there's only 52 Saturday nights. I mean, in the, 
rough stock events. Everybody wanted to be up Saturday night at every rodeo, you know, because that's when you had the best chance. The best stock was out. The crowd was the loudest. The judges seemed to give a couple extra points. But there's only 52 chances at that. And so how do you, you know, how do you capitalize on on those 52 chances that you have knowing that there's all these events going on? And every time somebody comes up with a new rodeo concept that that requires you to go to this group of events to try to qualify for it, just puts a greater burden on those people who have already made their mind up. They say they're, you know, their dream is to go to the NFR or the CPRA finals or whatever, whatever finals that is. When you start, when you start piling more qualifying events on their plate, it just makes it harder for them and they end up having to make a choice. And one of the things that we've heard from, you know, rodeo athletes, whether they're full-time or part-time is that please don't make us make a choice. We've got, we've already got enough to do as it is. You know, and we're trying to capitalize on every competitive effort and make every ride count. And so that's that's really part of the foundation of of our system is is we'll allow we'll allow these athletes to make every ride count. What I think I'm hearing you say is that there's there's these 52 opportunities per se for for each Saturday. Just as a as an example, you got those 52 weekends or 52 Saturdays, and you guys are making a point system to where they don't have to choose, meaning that it didn't. It might not mean what rodeo it is, where it is, when it is, what's going on. Somebody's going to be able to maybe take those 40, 50 rodeos and count them towards the WCRA standings points-wise, no matter where it is, and that's going to be like maybe a new set of standings? or Yeah, that's, and I mean, that, that's, that's the basic gist of it. How all that happens is, is part of the news that that we'll be releasing on May 4th. Okay. Um, there's a there's an excellent system in place that'll allow all of that to take place. At the announcement on May 4th, everybody everybody will know everything. I'm curious how the uh, prize money came to be. The, you mentioned number six million dollars, which is you know it's that that alone is one of the biggest numbers in our sport. Yeah, I mean you know six million dollars is is more than just a drop in the bucket for, for rodeo athletes. And, and, you know, really the, the really great thing about this is, is it's not limiting anybody from any one association or organization. It allows, it allows everybody out there. I mean, if you look at the map of rodeo that happens on an annual basis, it's just, when I, when I saw it, all things combined, PRCA, CPRA, IPRA, amateur rodeos, jackpots. I mean, it blows your mind. There's there's a lot of events, and so that means there's a lot of athletes that are out there putting their money up and competing. We all know people who have a family, have a business, have things that tie them down and keep them from being able to go rodeo full-time, but believe that they're probably good enough to compete at the highest level. But the simple you know, fact is, you got to be gone 180 plus days out of the year to go find out if you really are. And so, you know, that's just not, it isn't worth it for some people. And so, um, so they settle for competing for a lot less money and nobody really gets to know who they are. And so with our system, they can be somebody who wants to stay closer to home or rodeo during a particular segment of the year when they're off work or they have, you know, 
the freedom to do so. And if they're good enough, they get to compete on the biggest stage and for, you know, for a lot of money, I mean, $6 million in prize money. That's, that's guaranteed. That's really substantial. May, may we talk about who all is involved with, with the WCRA? The gentleman that owns the WCRA, his name is Gary McKinney. Uh, Gary is a, is a, is a cowboy first. He's, um, he's from Midland, Texas. He's, also owns the uh, Lazy E Arena, which is like the largest indoor arena in North America. They have events year-round, team roping, you know, all kinds of rodeo events. And he's a horse and rodeo enthusiast. Um, he's passionate about rodeo and about its athletes and about horses. Uh, he has a really successful horse racing program. And um, He's the he's the owner and the CEO, uh, Scott Davis. Um, Scott Davis has been involved in in the business side of rodeo for really as long as I can remember. Scott Davis was was actually the first person I dealt with with my first sponsorship at Buckers.com. He worked with uh, worked for Bob Tallman, and so I've known him I've known him that long. Um, he's as he's as as good a guy as you can as you could ask for uh knows everything about rodeo inside and out has has kind of had a hand in in every different job that goes on in rodeo and so his he has a lot of experience but he's he's passionate about the the change that is about to take place and has worked really really hard to to help bring it about um i'm involved and uh our partnership with the PBR, I think, uh, speaks volumes because the PBR has has been there and done that. The PBR is not only a, a bull riding um, organization, which everybody knows them for, but they're also a, a media giant. Um, with their acquisition with uh, WME, they're uh, you know they're partnered with the you know the largest entertainment company in the world. So. Um, their resources, you know, outreach anybody else in the business. And so um, they have some really, really big ideas for where rodeo could go. And uh, I think it's a really a compliment to what they're already doing. What What can we say about the partnership with the PBR and what, what else that might look like? PBR is handling, you know, all of the media and sponsorship and, and production. I mean, they're, they're pros at that. I mean, they've, they're, I'd like to know how many performances they've produced. So for us to come in there and say we're going to start producing these these rodeo events uh, would be kind of like trying to reinvent the wheel. I mean they they know it. They've got a crew that works like clockwork, and uh, we're we're really excited that they're doing that. Their connections as it relates to media, TV, you know, with Ride Pass. Ride Pass is a really um, it's it's a great idea. It's growing, you know at a tremendous rate and it's the way that it's the way that people are consuming their you know their entertainment these days i mean my kids rarely want to sit down and watch tv you know they they just they look at it on their phones or on their ipads so um you know the way that the way ride pass is and is is really the way that rodeo is going to be brought to people in the future and so they're going to be able to you know do things as they happen, but also go back and see archived footage. And so there's a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of really positive things that are going to come from that. And that's also, you know, goes along with our partnership. And so um, a lot of the other awesome things that they bring to the table are going to be announced on May 4th. I want to ask how the WCRA came to be. Uh, we I saw a note from Sean Gleason, who you already mentioned, uh, the CEO of the PBR, where he said that the ERA is done and the WCRA is, is totally new. Um, with you being involved in both, would you speak to that and, and how uh, how things are different at this point and how it's a, it is a completely different, different uh, company. It is. It's a, it's a totally different uh, company. And, and, you know, people need to know that the ERA was started by a, you know, a group of rodeo athletes that just knew that something needed to be changed, needed to be better in, in rodeo and weren't uh, satisfied with just sitting back and waiting for somebody in some head office to make the changes that athletes needed. I mean, our, our careers are short enough as it is and your ability to capitalize on that career while your lifespan is, you know, in full swing is, is pretty short. And so, you know, rather than wait on people, which we have, you know, I did my whole career, we decided to take it in our own hands and we, we did some things right and we did, you know, we did some things wrong too. And so we got the ball rolling and we, I think, showed the rodeo world that change needs to occur. But, um, we, you know, we kind of came up short of, of being able to bring about that change. And, uh, Gary McKinney, he saw, you know, what we started didn't necessarily agree with the route that we were taking, but, but believe that also that rodeo needed to, you know, needed a shot in the arm and needed to get better. And so he, he picked up where, <clears throat> where the ERA stopped and formed a new organization, WCRA, which stands for world champions rodeo Alliance. And that a, the Alliance is important because it's not meant to be adversarial to any other organization or, or athlete. It's, it's an alliance. It's meant to bring rodeo together. And where I feel like, and probably a lot of people feel like the ERA maybe fractioned rodeo to some degree. Um, this this is intended to bring rodeo together um, to make it stronger and get everybody involved and everybody heading in the same direction. And so that's you know that that's that that's the main difference. You know we learned a lot with the ERA. We we heard we heard a lot of people that had some pretty loud voices about what they didn't like, and we you know we took notes on all that, and so I feel like we've taken everything that uh, we did wrong with the ERA. Um, we've we've changed, and you know there's a totally different group with the exception of Scott Davis and myself involved. The PBR's involvement is is huge, and I don't think should be understated. Um, the fact that the PBR is in the rodeo business is something that I waited for my whole career. I can't tell you how many, you know, pro rodeo athletes have said, you know, I just wish the PBR would start doing rodeo. Well, then when the American came around, we got a little peek behind the curtain of what that could be. And it was exciting and it felt good, but it happened once a year. And so, you know, this is, this effort just expands on all that. Most of my work is with the PBR, and I and I'm very thankful to be a part of that 
organization as an independent contractor in, in my work. And what you say, people in the rodeo business wish that the PBR would get into the rodeo business. What do you think that main difference is for the PBR? What are they doing so much better that the rodeo business needs? Well, I mean, in, in one discipline, they've paid out $180 million in the last 25 years. That's, you know, times that by eight. You know, if you were if you were to say, let's just compare apples to apples and put it into rodeo terminology, eight disciplines times that $180 million by that, that in itself is big. You know, their world champions win. They get whatever they win throughout the year, which is always substantial. They get a million-dollar bonus on top of that. They go on, you know, mainstream media morning shows. People know who they are. You know, their endorsement um, potential is is a lot greater than than people in rodeo. And and so, you know, I think I think the list goes on. They they go out of their way to make stars out of their out of their athletes and take care of them. Those events that they put on are first class, and I think that. You know, I think the competition has risen to a such a higher level in bull riding because of what the PBR has done. And so I think, you know, just off the top of my head, those those are the things from a from a rodeo athlete standpoint that I think are really, you know, really notable. And and if rodeo could could get there, I mean, I, I just saw, I just you know, over my twenty plus years in rodeo. The amount of change I saw, what they didn't keep up with, it didn't keep up with the rest of the world. I mean, things things got better, and I don't mean to just make it sound like it's terrible because I'm sure that there's people who you know fell short of making the NFR who would all say I'd trade my career for yours, and and I don't argue that at all. But at the same time, you know, why couldn't it be better? And and you know, I'm. I'm somebody who had a really um, was lucky enough to have a really good career, and when the day that I hung it up and stopped rodeoing, I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? And and not that rodeo athletes should just be able to just retire independently wealthy, but I do feel like it could be better for them because, like I said, there's 52 weekends out of the year, and there's only so many times you can you know nod your head in your body or or so many runs in your horse's body that you have and then it's over and so it would just be nice if if those guys had the chance to make more money while they're doing it take better care of their bodies be able to maintain a healthier stronger family life for those that have wives and you know wives and kids or husbands and kids and be able to when they're done you know leave with a little more to show for it that sounds to me like the big picture of this whole the whole organization is the is the focus on the on the athlete yes there there's there's that and i and i also believe that you know since i've not been competing i've really come to the hard reality that rodeo is hard to follow you know like it's hard to be a rodeo fan and i'm i feel like i've pretty much know where to look and it's still hard to follow and so how do we market an event or a, a sport that is that's that hard to follow you know moms and wives know where to look to see how their husband or their son did but the casual rodeo fan it's like it's like going on a scavenger hunt to try to find 
find out what's happening or who's doing what or where they're going. And so we, we hope, you know, we hope to address that also. Speaking of that, that made me think of an interesting point where, where you're saying it's hard to follow and it's even more hard to follow when there's three different organizations too, right? There's three different sets of standings just in the pro rodeo level in, in North America. But then you go yeah. even further down when you go to the semi-pro ranks and whatnot. But I mean, I, I totally agree with you there. I'm, I'm, uh, we're on the same page with all, all of this so far. This is, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to, for, uh, to hear more about what you guys are doing on May 4th. That's going to be exciting. I want to ask about some of that, uh, some more of that research you guys have been doing so far and the data you've collected. And from what I saw this weekend, um, I don't think some of that stuff has ever been done before. I'd like you to explain a bit about what kind of data you guys are gathering for the May 4th event for what you, what you can share at this point. I'm, I'm curious about all that. Well, I won't go into a ton of detail, but there has been a lot of, a lot of research done to look at rodeo from all angles, not just, I mean, I feel like all these associations, you know, from an athlete standpoint, it's like you live in a cocoon and you're just, you're mainly concerned with the rodeos and your circuit or your organization. And that's all you focus on. But when you stand back and look at rodeo from a broader perspective, there's a lot going on. And any, you know, an athlete any given week may participate in several different associations or organizations events. None of them are counting for the same thing. And so they're just, they're just doing it for that day's outcome and, you know, they win, they win. If they don't, they're kind of on to the next one, but, but, you know, nobody's keeping track of everything. And so, um, this is where the Alliance comes, you know, one of the ways the Alliance comes into play is, is bringing all of these organizations together rather than further fractioning rodeo, which I feel like is the case today. You know, what we plan to do will, will align, rodeo whether they're single discipline events like bull riding or team ropings or bell racing to full-on rodeos at every level and so i think this is gonna i know this will make things better for the athlete for the committee producer and for the fan and can you can you speak much yet to how it's going to work or how it's going to look i really can't um it'd be it'd be tough to do it without dancing around it too much uh I feel like it'll all be, it'll all make sense when we, you know, lay out what the plan is and how people can be involved. But the, the one, one important thing to, to note is that once this is announced shortly after, shortly after there'll be uh, the opportunity for, for everybody to participate. So you won't be limited, you know, you won't have to wait till next year. You won't be limited by, um, where you live or, or any of that, you'll just be able, you'll have, you'll have the chance to run a lot of money and it starts, starts very shortly. Well, something we do on every show is, uh, we, we want to ask you what your definition of cowboy shit is since that's the name of our show. And it's kind of something fun <laughs> that we've been doing at every show. And that's the, the point of the show too, is we want it to be fun. We want it to be light at times, but we want to talk about some serious stuff. We want to be able to have these big conversations because we don't think that, that happens really anywhere else in our sport. So that's something we want to do as well, but we want to hear your definition too. That's cowboy shit. Well, have to think about that. <laughs> How wild you want to be. <laughs> well, the thing with podcasts is we can say whatever the heck we want. So 
that's right. You're not you're not censored, are you? No, we're not. Yeah, we're not the radio. We we do whatever we want. I guess it depends on who or where you are. I mean, I, I know people who don't necessarily rodeo that are that are great cowboys that are wilder than anything that you know that are like totally fearless and and uh you know their their living depends on on you know being a cowboy and you know doing whatever it takes to get the job done and I, and I guess that would be that would be my best definition is doing whatever it takes to get the job done you know if if you're a rodeo cowboy and you're going to the fourth of july rodeos and you're running late and you're trying to go to two or three in a in a day and you're flying through bad weather or driving in the in what they call the cowboy lane which is the shoulder for everybody else or you know you're on a ranch and you're out there you know braving the braving the elements and and doing whatever it takes to to take care of your your livestock i mean i think i think both qualify that's just doing whatever it takes to get the job done. Speaking of driving on the shoulder, I've got to go back to your rodeo career. I've got two questions. So the first one is, what's the craziest story that you had happen in your in your 15, 15 years going to the NFR and your 20 years in the rodeo world as a contestant? Man, that's that's tough. It's tough to pinpoint one. I always We always joke that we're going to write a book one day and Jason Havens will be our historian because he never forgets things he's got a memory like an elephant and i have forgotten some pretty substantial stuff that's happened to us but i'll say this that with the exception of one or two commercial airlines that just simply didn't fly because and and we didn't make it to another rodeo we never got turned out and we had some pretty hairy you know schedules laid out one year over the fourth we went to 14 rodeos and we didn't miss one of them and like when i say do whatever it takes to get the job done usually like they they always joke that i was the worst all-night driver come about 11 o'clock at night i would get tired and i'd go lay down in the camper we had a pickup and capri camper and we'd drive down the road in and so i was I was terrible at that. I would get tired and let somebody else drive. I would like to get behind the wheel when we'd leave the rodeo and everybody was pumped up and wanted to drive and talk. But then about 11 o'clock, I'd get tired and pack it in. But they would always, they'd call me the closer because they'd always call on me when it was time to like, you know, if we had a, if we had a uh, two hour long trip and we needed to make it an hour and a half, then they'd always put me behind the wheel. And I had pretty good luck never getting you know, thrown in jail for it. <laughs> uh, but, but we definitely pushed the envelope more, more than a few times, but, um, you just do whatever it takes. I mean, it's for whatever reason, when you get in that mode, it's like, it doesn't make, you know, we drove 70 miles an hour down the center lane in Cody, Wyoming downtown during tourism season from the airstrip to their rodeo arena, because we had the chance to, ride for you know ten thousand dollars knowing that my my bail to get out of jail would have probably been a lot higher than that i got <laughs> caught but you don't you don't consider that when you're in the heat of the moment it's just i look back now on some of the crazy stuff that we did and i you know i heard that the best quote i heard the other day uh was an interview that larry mahan did and i think they were talking about the two million dollars that he'd won 
and I forget how he said it, but I think it was like, I wouldn't trade $2 million for all the memories that I got in my rodeo career, but I wouldn't give you $2 to relive them. <laughs> and that, that might be that, that might sum it up. 14 rodeos and how long? Was that like a seven day stretch over the fourth or how long was that? Yeah, that had been from uh, after Reno to the end of the 4th of July weekend. So maybe, maybe eight, nine, 10 days, I guess. Maybe eight. That's impressive. You do three a day, like uh, short round at Greeley, Red Lodge, Livingston, or Cody. You you could go to you could go to three pretty easy that that day. Kind of like a new. I say easy. I mean, a couple yeah. plane rides and a couple high speed. high speed. We were flying. We were driving from the airstrip in Livingston one time. We had a headwind coming from from Cody. We flew over, and I could see. I could see traffic on the interstate below us going almost faster than we are. We were because we had so much of a headwind. And I got in the pickup and camper at the airstrip, and we were driving to the rodeo grounds. And I had it pegged, and I told Ryan Gray, who was sitting beside me, and I said, "You realize we're driving faster in the pickup and camper than we were flying just a minute ago." <laughs> Wow. That that kind of stuff would happen, but it was fun. Oh yeah. Well, and so the last question I want to ask: uh, What your highlight of the of your career was? Man. I don't, it's there again, it's tough to pinpoint one, but like in spite of having some pretty serious injuries, you know, different years at different times, I always made it, you know, like I never missed a rodeo that I was in or that, that I had the intention of going to. I always made it to the finals, whether it was, you know, having to have my guts pulled out and laid beside me to sew my pancreas up or, you know, neck surgeries or whatever that would happen during the season. I always made it. And with the exception of about two years, I was always in contention for a world championship. So I think there were two years that I didn't end up in top five, but every year, other year I did. And so I think, you know, aside from winning gold buckles, I think being consistently at the top is one of the things I'm most proud of. I'm going to have to say too, that I think, I think starting these, you know, starting off what you did with the branching out and going in and making an effort with the ERA and going out and being the president of of the WCRA, I think these things might not have happened in your competing career, but in your professional career and in your entire uh, life's work, I think this these things and uh, how they're going to go is going to be part of, you know, part of your legacy as well, right? Like, you're one of the best bareback riders to ever walk on the face of the planet and then you're going to you're branching out and going and starting these new these new associations that are going to help help the rodeo business thrive way past any as long as any of us live ideally yeah that i mean that when when down the road when people can stand back and see what this will have done i mean that that'll be probably my greatest accomplishment because I, I just think, you know, not that I've done it alone. There's, there's been a, there's been a lot of people involved in this process. And there's been a lot of athletes that have been, you know, really got skin in the game through this process as well. But to be able to just, if anything else, be the catalyst that tried, you know, they, they, they got the, the fire started, I think is, is something that I'm proud of and will continue to be proud of. Thanks for being on the show today, though, Bobby. Uh, again, the WCRA Industry Summit is Friday, May 4th at 10 a.m. at the South Point Showroom in Las Vegas, Nevada. WCRA Las Vegas Showdown Rodeo is Saturday the 5th at 145 and Sunday the 6th at 145.
you guys have an exclusive deal with Ride Pass as well. So if anyone can't make it to Vegas, they'll be able to watch it on Ride Pass too, as well. Correct? For the uh, for the WCRA Rodeo Showdown, correct. We'll be announcing all the other platforms on May fourth. We're we're looking forward to the announcement, Bobby. Thanks again for being part of this, and uh, we'll uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again here soon once everything uh, gets out in the out there and we hear what else is going to be happening. Hey, thank you, Ted. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Bobby. We'll talk again soon. All right. Yes, sir. That brings us to segment number three of episode number 11, the Mark Messier episode podcast for all your Oilers fans out there. I can't even think of another number. Oh, Michael Backlund, Calgary Flames. Oh, look at that. Center for Calgary Flames. Not quite the player Mark Messier. No. Not quite the resume. Cool chat with Bobby, though. Yeah, that's super interesting. It's uh, like he touched on before, like we asked him or you had asked him was like how he was part of the ERA and this new WCRA. It's pretty sweet to see someone who's been on both, both like been in both that ways that way, and then someone who's competed as well. Like yeah, he knows what it's like. Twenty years. He knows what it's like to go down the road, and like he's one of the best it's ever been. So it's cool to yeah. see guys like that wanting to better the future of the sport. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't think it's as possible to do it with the PRCA. And no, no offense to the PRCA, I have a lot of friends there, and I, you know, I I respect what they do with how big the organization is and what they have to do and please the members. I don't think the change is really as easy to make happen in that format, right? Mm-hmm. My only issue with the way they're doing the the May event is it's they should be showcasing just the rodeo, not having it with the PBR event. The PBR is producing it, though. I, I understand that. Yeah. I, I, I get that. But I think if you really want to, like... Make it just a rodeo. Yeah, you oh, should just be okay. showcasing the rodeo event on its own. So, yeah, but good chat with Bobby, though. I'm Super I'm cool. Looking forward to what they have to say. Now, we're back. With the Team Canada report. Da-na-na, da-na-na, Team Canada report. Na-na-na, yeah. Canada report. Team Canada report. Seven Canadians. Who do we got? In the top 15. In the PRCA world standings. Who is it? Give it Who to is me. it? Give it to me. Oren Larson, Luke Creasy, Clint Lay, Curtis Cassidy, Scott Ginther, Zeke Thurston, and Clay Elliott. That's, a, that's awesome. Team Canada report. It was, just, it was just Oren's birthday. <laughs> oh, really? Not long ago, yes. Happy birthday to Oren not long ago. One of my friends. Friend. Not a friend of the show yet. No. He should be sometime soon. What do we say? Like a, one of the friend... like Friend future, of a friend. Future friend of the show? Friend of a friend of a show. Fu- <laughs> yeah. There you go. Friend <laughs> of a friend of the show. That's, I, I don't mind that too. It's original. So now what about our PBR friends? <laughs> are we just, is that it? I was joking. I was going to say where they are, but I guess... I mean, oh, I'd, you're, you're, the, you're the driver <laughs> with the Team Canada report. I just do this. this, this, this you just, you're just the hype guy. Yeah. Yes, you're, this is your boss, man. Looking in, Carmen Pazabon, number 16, Ooh. just barely outside in the barrel racing. Got to get get riding. Jordan Hansen with that win in Red Bluff. Split of the win in the Red Bluff. He's up to number 19. Huge. That was a good ride. 20. I seen the video was of it. was a great ride. Uh, and Zeke Thurston, he's uh, up to number nine, up a, little, a spot from last time with that outright win on a Calgary Stampede bucking horse in Red Bluff. Red Bluff. A little bit of a Canadian connection. Urgent delivery. And the bareback riding was one on a Canadian horse too, Virgil from C5 Rodeo. Cool Them stuff. Canadian horses, they're awesome. Cool stuff. Bull riding. Bull riding. Bull riding. I'll, I'll let you do the bull riding. You can have this. Oh, one. oh. Yeah. In the PBR World Standings, we got Dakota, I can't believe it's not butter, in at number 15. Yes. And then we got Tanner Krusty Byrne coming in at number 22. <laughs> and we got Brock Bricker Adford at number 40. Mm hmm. Couple of two weeks on tour. He's looking good. Yep. Looking he's, like he's settling into that level. Billings was his seventh. Uh, 
premier tour event in nice. the PBR. Looks like he's finally getting his feet under him at that at that level. I think he's he's wrote a bowl just about every event. I yeah, think he's, he's doing, doing well. well. Yeah. yeah, and then oh, and then Lonnie Londart West in at number fifty four, coming off a big eighty point performance, Dude, eighty world points, eighty world points, eighty world points. One of three, but started all of his bowls. Like could have rolled all three. Really. I think so. Yeah, he could have won that thing. It was like really yeah, close. Yeah, those guys are really getting well. it happening. Like just yeah. I, when I was I watched the short goal last night. Justin McBride made a good comment. Like Team Canada is looking pretty good coming into that Global Cup. McBride there. said that. To McBride us? said it. No way. <laughs> Two time world champ. No way. So yeah, Team Canada, nice job. And we can't forget to mention way all to the go. bowls that Team were down Canada. there. This yeah, weekend in Billings. It's true. Very it true. Six bowls, eight bowls. No, eleven. Eleven. Wow. Plus, uh, I think it was eleven. Eleven plus like Bluestone has been down there, and he's still owned seven by Flying Dust. High. And Seven Dust was there as well. So. Sweet. Big weekend Canadian Bulls. Sweet. And Canadian Bull Riders. Probably like one of the events. I'd have to go back a long ways to know what the record was for the most Canadians. Like I wanted to say it went with that one, but I couldn't really That'd say That'd be close. It. There, but I, I want to go back to like when like Glenn Keeley was on the tour and you BJ go back Cramps. further. BJ, like Ruben Glenzi, Rob Bell. You had guys like, like there was just, there was times where I think there was more, but more, I just don't yeah. know. And there was lot times before where we had tons of Canadian bulls on the and the finals there. There had been events in Canada on the top tour before, right. so yeah, no, for I sure. I don't know what to say there, but it was great to see. Good to see our guys doing well. Coming up on the next event, what do we got? PA. Well, when we're going to the main event this weekend, in oh Red yeah, Deer. the main event, Ty Plasma Foundation. Yeah, be there, be there. Um, we got our new shirt out. Yep, check out the uh, and we got two more items coming out. We got ladies t ladies tanks. They're hot, and we've got. Uh, some like the leather keychains too. New items. Ooh, you're gonna want hitting. Get your hands on those. Hitting the the web. It's gonna be a dandy. Uh, what else? Main event. Uh, main event this weekend. Next weekend, Prince Albert. The Cooper Clooney Memorial. Yeah, it's always a great event. Question. Heck yeah. Are you gonna be team roping there on the Saturday? I will be team roping there on Saturday. And I'm also on the tunes this year, first time. Is it? Oh, I yeah. thought this that you were a dandy. You were on the tunes before. No, Richard uh, is in Vegas though for the. Nice. For the rodeo and the bull riding, so uh, he put me in, coach. Don't forget to use the hot song. Put me in, coach. I will Saturday night. Yeah, after that, uh, we'll have another podcast the week. The we'll next fill week, you in so. on Ted's team roping adventures. Yeah, hope. Well, you know, I've won money there a couple times. So I'm not saying you're not going to win. I'm just saying we're going to tell roper. tell the people. It's true. All right. Well, stay tuned next week. Two weeks for the adventures in team roper land. <laughs> Thanks for listening.